It's rare that I have such a dire tone, or to say something so dramatic like, some companies will not survive. But I'm seeing a trend that I think is going to be catastrophic for some companies, and would almost be a dereliction of my duty to not mention it when it's so blatant. Stay tuned and I'll tell you what it is. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So there are predictable patterns in business and economic cycles. There just are. There's, There's cycles that happen in the economy that last Every seven to 10 years, we're we're in a bit of a longer one now. And there's predictable patterns in business and how our relationship is with clients and employees and and how how much we need more employees and how much we need more customers and how we have a shortage of labor and how we have a shortage of work. There's these patterns we go through. Some of them are easier to live through and thrive in than others. So those who were in business from 2010 to 2014 know that going from a scarcity of work with like something like 12% unemployment to abundant amounts of work with 6% unemployment, that's pretty easy. Even maybe even enjoyable. Like this is where record setting months happen. Like when you go from, hey, we're just getting by and things are okay and unemployment's really high. People don't have a lot of money. People aren't buying things as much as we want. Uh, people are making very conservative buying decisions to all of a sudden, People have lots of money and and everyone's working and everyone's pretty, well, not loose with their money, but more liberal with their money, I would say. That's a, that's a pretty enjoyable time to be in business when things go from not so great as far as volume of work to pretty good. That's, that's fantastic. And those who are in business from 2005 to 2009 know that going from a, an abundance of work with low unemployment to tremendous work scarcity with that 12% unemployment is not easy and it is not fun for anyone. It's not fun for the employers. It's not fun for employees, certainly. It's not fun for salespeople. It, it's not fun for anyone. It can be really traumatic. And I mean that term when I say traumatic, not dramatic. I mean traumatic. It's hard, it's, it's hard for people to, to make that switch. So there's a few business kind of rules I try to remember. And I've talked about a couple of these before. So, um, but it's been a while. So I think it's good for us to be mindful of these things. Um, one of them is kind of the, the 40, 40, the 45, 45, 10 kind of pendulum cycle. So you may have heard me mention this before, you know, something like 45% of the time that you're in business, you desperately need more employees. We just went through this period where we just, you know, and some folks are still in it. A lot of folks are coming out of it. There's this 45% of the time where you just you just need more people. You need more qualified people. Maybe maybe you don't need more entry level people, but you know, we have more work that we can get to. It'd be great if we had some more, you know, highly skilled people on staff or 
just pe- people with a pulse. <laughs> Sometimes that's the case. We just need more people because we have more work than we can get to. That's kind of, you know, 45% of the time, maybe less, maybe more for you, but somewhere in there. And 45% of the time, we desperately need more work. We can't keep our crews busy. People are working less than 40 hours a week. We're having to consider layoffs or we've already laid some people off. If we just had some more work, we have some very talented people on staff. We've kind of through, you know, attrition or through previous layoffs or people moving away, like people making decisions to endure these more difficult times. Um, We've gotten down to a lean, mean, very capable team of people who are, who are really well-skilled. And if we could just keep them busy, man, it'd be awesome. We can just get through this. We can just get through this year, get through this, this quarter, you know, these couple of years that, you know, maybe aren't going to be so great, like 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. So you kind of have this 45% of time where you desperately need more work and 45% of time where you desperately need more people. And then you have kind of that 10% sweet spot as you pass from one of those uh, uh, ends of the pendulum through the other. And so you have these fleeting moments of maybe six weeks or maybe even a few months, maybe maybe several months in some cases, where everything's just right. And you have just the right amount of work and you have just the right amount of people, and then it's gone. And that's the cycle. We're always, almost always, 90% of the time by that calculation, the 45, 45, 10 90% of the time, by definition, in that example, we're, we're, we're needing somebody to say yes. We're needing employees to say yes, or we're needing customers to say yes. So my point with that is that the people I think are, who are successful in business are the ones who are good at meeting the needs of other people. Whether it's employees or customers, like that part changes, but, but putting the other person's needs first, that part does not. The person, so, and what I mean by that, meaning the other person's needs is the person who can say no is the person whose needs must be met. No doubt you've heard my mantra over and over, what's in it for them? I say, like, the, the, my number one job is figuring out what's in it for the employees and what's in it for the customers. I mean that. What I need to know, like, literally, I need to know, like, what is in it for this employee to work here instead of Brand X? What is in it for this employee to be in this industry, making the money they make here versus making the exact same money in a different industry? If I can't answer those two pro- those two questions, I got problems. What's in it for our customers to buy from us besides Brand X, except for the same things Brand X says? If I'm if I'm competing on price and quality and all those same things, everyone else is, I'm in trouble, right? So when I say what's in it for them, I really mean it. I'm not I'm not being um, funny. I'm not being you know hypothetical. Like I I literally mean this, right? So for the last few years, people who could say no were employees. Like employees were very able to say no. They were like, hey, I'm, I'm making a buck an hour more here or two bucks an hour there. I'm leaving because I, I, I got offered this position or an, a, a promotion or I don't have to drive as far or I don't have to do this kind of work I don't want to do or whatever it is. So employees have very much been able to say no recently and providers, suppliers have been able to say no. Our schedule is full, Mr. or Mrs. Customer. I can't get there. This is our price. Take it or leave it. Like we've... We've had full schedules and all-time high pricing, and people either dealt with it or they didn't. And there was a very indifferent kind of um, tone with that. And so exceptions would be things like when customers would ask me or my employees to violate safety or regulatory rules. Of course, we had the power to say no, and we did, right? So if somebody asked me to do something to get in a situation where 
it wasn't safe for employees or it was beyond scope regulatory, whatever, we would say no. And so we had the power to say no always on those kinds of things. But the other stuff kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes employees don't have the ability to say no because they got to provide for the families. And the employers have the ability to say no. And so the employees work really hard to make sure their employers' needs are met in job interviews and things like that. Recently, we've seen less of that in the last few years where where we're doing everything we can to to try to entice people to say yes because the employees or potential employees have had had the ability to say no. My point is, whoever can say no, that's the person whose needs must be met. When I'm the one who says no, I'm not going to deviate from the safety thing. My needs are being met. I'm not going to deviate from the safety thing and put my employees at risk. My needs are the ones being met. When there's a scarcity of work, we have to work really hard to make sure the customer's needs are met. When there's a scarcity of labor, we have to work really hard to make sure the employee's needs are being met. And we just saw the inverse of that where the um, employees, you know, over periods of time have to work really hard to make sure the employer's needs are met. And we just saw where, of course, uh, customers had to kind of deal with suppliers that were not... and frankly, weren't even good companies sometimes. Like if you, you know, I, I personally, I've talked about on here where, you know, calling people to get work done around the house and they just don't show. <laughs> they show and they're like four hours late and just like, well, I'm here, like I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, and we just had to deal with it because they had the ability to say, fine, we just won't do the job. And so we had to deal with it. So it's easy. My point with this long winded thing here is it's easy to get stuck thinking, once I get this labor problem figured out, everything's going to be fine. Or the opposite, once I get this call volume problem figured out, everything's going to be fine. And it's not. That's not how it works. How it works is once your labor problem is figured out, the call volume problem starts. And once the call volume problem is figured out, the labor problem starts. This is the cycle. This is the nature of being in business. This is, in my opinion, one of the most common or... um dominant reasons in companies fail. They're exceptionally good at one, but not the other, or they're reasonably good at one, but not the other. And the, the not adapting in my opinion is what is, if you look at a five-year cycle, you would, you would encounter likely a couple of these. You'd be in both extremes probably over a five-year period, you would, you know, unless you timed it just right. So it's the adapting, I think, that is the thing that, that gets people and trips them up and puts them out of business. And the tide is changing. Customers are making different buying decisions today in many markets and in many industries than they were three months ago, six months ago, a year ago, 18 months ago for sure. And now it's the customer who has a much greater ability to say no. And they are. Also, uh, credit card declines are going up. Also, third-party financing declines are going up. You know, we're seeing, uh, you know, in the macroeconomic cycle, you're seeing things like, you know, uh, household savings is at all time low and consumer credit card debts at all time high. You're seeing all that kind of stuff, but okay. But, but in the, in the business, we're seeing credit card declines go up and third party financing declines go up and people are making more conservative buying decisions. They're not getting the kitchen remodel like they were at the frequency they were a while ago. Now in some places, in some companies, nobody's, people are noticing no difference. They just as good now as it was a year ago. That's not the case for everyone. What I'm seeing, though, is a, a um, disbelief on the part of business owners on, like, you know, community forums and, and you know, Facebook groups and, and just comments people make online. And I understand that people are they're bragging online in ways that are not realistic and things like that. But I'm seeing people use language like 
it's no big deal. It's no big deal that this stuff is happening. And I'm seeing, like, again, I, I mentioned an example of this over a year ago, but I, I'm seeing it again where contractors had this thing where they sometimes they're asked to break down a job. Like they'll give an estimate for a job for, you know, $14,000, whatever. And a customer will say, Hey, can you break that down? I want to understand what the, where the number came from, how much is labor, how much is materials, how much is whatever. And it's not fun, <laughs> but sometimes you have to do it. And it's becoming a thing now for contractors to kind of brag, especially online, but I've seen screenshots. I guess I could be fabricating the screenshots and, doing it with their wife or their spouse or something like that and using that screenshot. But that seems like a lot of work for this. But I'm seeing where people are saying, here's the breakdown. It's $4,300 if we do the job and it's $0 if we don't. Take it or leave it. And I understand how that worked six months ago. And I understand how that worked nine months ago. And I understand how that worked a year ago. What I'm saying is history repeats itself. These cycles continue to happen. And that is not going to work in a year. That is not going to work in six months, maybe. It's definitely not going to work in a couple of years. And the people who do not adapt and realize when the needs of the customer have to be met at a much higher level than they were six months ago or a year ago, they're going to be in trouble. And they will not make it. If they have this same, smug is a harsh word, but um, if they have the same posture, like, they are the ones whose needs need to be met. They are the ones, the providers are the ones who can say no. If they carry that too long into this economic cycle we're stepping into, they're going to be in trouble. And if they have a team of people, they have salespeople who carry that posture. If they have front-line revenue-producing employees who carry that posture, if that's the culture of the company, like we're just the, we're just the people who, who do this and the customers, of course the customer is going to say yes. Like, that is going to be catastrophic for some companies. They will not make it. And I've seen this firsthand. I've worked in a company, two companies where this happened. One that happened where they just they just operated in disbelief. And coming into 2000, 2009, things were changing rapidly. And they just didn't adapt. And they went out of business. And I worked for another company um, around the same time. And what they did is they just raised their prices and they just started going after big ticket stuff. And so pretty soon they had a situation where they had to get over half their revenue had to come from big ticket things like the regular, the regular run of the mill stuff wasn't going to cut it. Like they literally could not get by if they just did the run of the mill stuff. They had to have the big ticket stuff to get by. And that company has shrunk by 80%. I mean, again, if we, if we stop playing kind of small ball, well, and we start focusing on only getting the big stuff and only getting people in situations that are pretty dire where they have no choice and taking advantage of, not only taking advantage, like being unscrupulous, I mean, taking advantage of the opportunities, but, but focusing on those things and not, not focusing on serving the customers well, figuring out what matters to them and doing that exceptionally well. Both these companies really suffered because of that. And, they, and it happened at this point in the economic cycle. It was coming into where things were going from really good to not so good. And it happens more fast and you know, more rapidly than we would expect. And pretty soon we're in it. And if we haven't adapted along the way, we're in trouble. And by the time we realize we're in trouble, it can be too late. So those who continue to serve their own needs are going to be in real bad situations. And this applies to meeting the needs of the customer, but it also applies to not meeting the needs of the employees to perform at a high level. Just demanding that employees figure it out without a willingness to provide meaningful training is going to have much greater consequences than before. If you did this a year and a half ago, if you just said, 
I'm going to go golfing and I don't have that. I don't have to worry about this. The employees just need to figure it out. And if they screwed it up, well, the next yes was right around the corner. The next person throwing money at you is just right around the corner. It might be the next appointment or the next estimate. Like the consequences were not severe for employees really screwing up, frankly. But the consequences are going to be severe because the, the number of at-bats we're going to get is going to be dramatically lower. And the opportunities we have to prove ourselves is going to be lower. And the opportunities for revenue are going to be lower. And the opportunities for referrals are going to be lower. And so each of these mistakes that happen are going to have a much higher um, consequence than they did a year ago. Because if the employees blew it a year ago, who cares? There's like five people in line to hire us. Well, a year and a half from now, that will not be the case. If they blow this opportunity today, that might be it for the day. Or that might be the only chance we get it for a referral for the next couple of weeks or a couple of days or whatever. So it, we're going to have to serve the employees in a way that makes them more able to be successful. And we're certainly going to have to serve the, the customers better. So when I talk about the people who do not adapt to this are the one to be in trouble. They're the ones who are going to say things like, well, we're the best. Customers know we're the best. Of course, we're the best. We just got to get our marketing figured out. And everybody's going to know we're the best because we're the best. Well, that's not going to work. Or if you say things like, I shouldn't have to explain this stuff to employees. They should just figure it out. The consequences of that are going to be much more significant a year and a half from now than they are today. And certainly more than they were a year and a half ago. So my point is we can't get stuck in this mindset that if we just get the marketing figured out, we'll be fine. If we just get the call volume thing figured out, we'll be fine. If we just get the labor part figured out, we'll be fine. No, we have to be aware that a major economic shift is happening. It always happens. It happens like every seven to 10 years. We had the COVID cash thrown in, in and, and it artificially prolonged this cycle by a few years. But it always, it, you, you can't have an economy that just goes gangbusters forever. That's not how it works. You have ebbs and flows. You have bull markets and bear markets. And we're at the end of this bull market. Things are going to start turning a little bit. And we're going to have fewer opportunities. And we're going to have to start serving people in a way different than we have for the last few years if we're going to survive. Because it's going to be more scarce, right? Now, that's not to say it's not possible to thrive. My company that I built and sold we built through the recession, the, the GFC. Like we, we, we thrived through that whole thing. I'm here to tell you it's possible because people are stuck in the mindset of they don't have to do this stuff because they've had a few years of, of reality showing them they didn't have to. Like you didn't have to be a superb provider the last few years to make a lot of money. That is going to change. And the people who do not adapt are going to be the ones in trouble. And the people who do adapt are going to clean up and that's, and I, and this has just happened over and over and over again. So sorry for the, the dire tone here. I don't like doing these ones. Every once in a while though, I see this stuff and it's like, we got to talk about this because it's really important. We have to be aware that the, the good times don't last forever. The bad times don't last forever. We've had a, a lengthy period of really good times since about 2014. Things have been exceptionally good for most companies, most industries. That, that stuff doesn't last forever. So just got to be aware. We got to adapt. We got to do, do a better job of serving those we rely, we rely upon, which is, for most of us, our customers and our employees. So anyhow, um, if you find the information I share helpful, please share this podcast with a friend. I just I just texted to two people uh, earlier, one today and one a couple days ago. It's super easy just to click on the thing that says share, send it in text message. Um, any kind of friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry, of course, you can share it publicly as well easy to do that as well um but you know the one-to-one -one stuff is obviously you know if you say hey 
there's an episode here you might might find useful that's super helpful for folks you never know how you might be making somebody's life easier by sharing this with them and for those of you who have and left reviews and all that stuff i really appreciate it and uh that's it for this week and i'll see you all next week